What's up, guys? I'm Matt. I'm Will, and this is the Carolina Way Podcast. are the national dadgum champions. The ceiling is the roof. That's what it's all about right there. That's on the floor. That's on your shirt. That's in your heart. That's why we're all here. What's going on, everybody? So glad to be back again this week. Uh, We have another special podcast draft for you this week. Just me and Matt on the pod. Um, we'll be getting some more guests coming up very soon with football and basketball coming back around, but it's the dog days of summer right now. We're about out of all UNC sports. Yeah. I mean, everybody's out here just having a great summer time. So we're trying to get these guests on, but you know, we got to find the time for them because they're all special in their own way. (laughs) Yeah. We're celebrating being done with school for right now. So no one wants to be around Chapel Hill at all. So I can, can totally understand that. But today, we have a little bit of a superlatives we're giving out on most. We're doing it for current UNC coaches, head coach, assistant coach, any form of that, even um, graduate assistants. Um, and we have like some fun little things here and there about what we like about these coaches. And it can, um, it'd be great to help you get to know these coaches a little bit better. Um, me and Matt have talked a little bit, and it seems like we're going to be a little bit off on most of these um, going back and forth, so I'm pretty excited to see how it comes out. And who wins? Please tell us in the comments on the Carolina Way pod who wins. But our seven categories are going to be coach with the most swag, coach that's most competitive, highest energy, third, most fun to imitate, fourth, the best player on the team right now if they wanted to play. Fifth, most uh, coach that we'd most like to play for. Um, sixth, most decorated athlete when they played or just coaching career. Either way, if you want to take it. And then the last one is the coach that's on the come up. So um, without any further ado, Matt, give us any thoughts that you have and go ahead and start us off with the coach with the most swag. Oh, this is going to be real fun, Will. Uh, I've always, you know, people do basic. We could have went with the basic, you know, drafting some coaches, but I, I think we really thought this through, and this is the best way to kind of show the personality and how great a lot of these Carolina coaches are, so I'm excited. Furthermore, the coach with the most swag, in my opinion, has to be Jackie Manuel, Right. He's on the basketball staff now. He's part of this new school Carolina basketball program. And, you know, maybe other sports don't like to admit it, but basketball gets the most Jordan gear. They get the most swag. And, you know, Matt Brown might be over there with his Jordans, but Jackie Manuel has doubled that in his closet. And the reason I went with Jackie Manuel was the man had a shirt back in his day. Jackie Manuel has a policy. He has T-shirts made after him. He has all the Jordan gear, and he is – the coach with the most swag, in my opinion. Three things for you about that. Uh, first of all, great pick. That, that was a great pick. Um, he has a ton of swag. He's already been with UNC, coaching the previous year with women's basketball. So we already know what he's all about. And he's got the T-shirt. Please, someone let us know what the meaning of Jackie Manuel has a policy is all about. I've looked it up, and I haven't really found anything at all. And I'm 
kind of fascinated now. Has to be um, a quote. Yeah, I mean, it's a shirt that we've seen like as kids growing up. Like you're like, oh yeah, I remember that shirt, but I've never even thought about what it actually means. So I'd like to know. Um, second, Matt, I like that you try to discredit Matt Brown with this pick right here. And um, actually, I didn't pick Matt Brown. So oh, jokes on I'll you. I'll try to play a little bit of defense. I don't know if you yeah. like that. <laughs> oh, I definitely understand you're trying to play the defense, and it failed. So <laughs> you can discredit uh, Mac Brown. And I'm going to take you up on what you were saying earlier with getting the Jordan gear. Let's talk about a coach that wears Jordan gear not just to practice but to games. Baseball coach, Diamond Hills, oh. Scott Forbes. Oh. He has UNC customized Jordan baseball cleats i don't see anyone else wearing jordan cleats at all maybe some major league baseball players but no one has their own like customized shoe at all lord forbid and scott forbes has that as diamond hills head coach um i don't know too much about what he's doing outside of the game but for me it's all about what's going on on the dirt and this man never has dirty um cleats at all he takes care of them very well he gets out there on third base showing them off to everyone and they're glistening i love it it's one of those things where if i'm sitting in the bosch i'm looking for scott forbes's cleats and i'm looking to see when roy williams is showing up to the game those two things in that order i love how we both went with like the new uh you know the new school coaches right out the gate um which fits in with the most swag right like it's hard to pick some of these old school guys and uh and I think that's great. I think also, uh, you know, we mentioned, Mac. I want to give a little bit of credit. Coach Bankhart could have fit into this too because I've seen some, of, especially uh, they were doing a photo shoot not long ago, and she was rocking some nice Jordans and some nice Jordan gear. I just want to give her a little bit of a shout-out. We actually got in trouble last episode for not giving an extra shout-out to a few things, so I wanted to appease everybody out there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. We um, It's one of those things where we want the criticism, but then when someone starts throwing the criticism at us, we're like, all right, hold up now. <laughs> yeah, let's <call> it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, let's come on the pod. And I, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. We, we invited them, but they're ducking us a little bit, so exactly. we'll see when that actually happens. Um, I'll go and off number two. Off yeah, I'll go ahead and start off with the second one, uh, and this is the most competitive or the highest energy or both i have to go with anson dorrance who is the most successful coach across all sports in carolina history i don't think that can really be argued this man has 21 national championships well you know this um but not only that his energy every game for all of these seasons that he's got he's been coaching for many many years and, um, Will, you know this, he has plenty of books about him, by him, that make you want to run through a freaking wall. Um, you can find uh, coaching tutorials by him that make you want to just compete at a high level. So when I thought most competitive, I thought Anson Dorrance, and that is why I chose him. And high energy. He's doing it for yeah. so long. And he, when you're talking to him or hear him talk at all or writing these books, it still feels like he has more energy than people that are just learning the sport. So that, I mean, that's really remarkable. Um, and also Anson Dorrance has the vision of a champion podcast. It just started coming out during quarantine. So coming out now that goes through his vision of the champion book. And I actually listened to this podcast on my runs. It's nice. Like 40 minute episodes doesn't compete with us. Don't worry, Matt. Like it's, <laughs> they're exclusive. You can still enjoy both. It's UNC. Um, 
but yeah, I'd listen to this man speak and I don't listen to any other podcast while I run except for Anson Dorrance. So, I mean, that says something about how he can motivate people. Nice. But mine is going to have to be Courtney Bayhart, most competitive and highest energy. First of all, I got to go back to her time before UNC since she's a new coach for us now. But 2015, coach of the year, after leading Princeton to an undefeated season. Um, we know how hard an undefeated season is. Women's lack showed us that ourselves, just how hard it is to go through the gauntlet unscathed. But she was able to do that in the regular season, 30-0. Um, not only that, she was also a two-time first-team Ivy League selection. So great student and great athlete in the Ivy League when she played basketball. Um, and she owns the career record for the Ivy League with three-pointers, 273. And what's more than that, she has the award for the nation's best three-point specialist um, one of the years that she played. So it shows me that she's very highly competitive, that she was getting all these awards, performing at a high level, and killing the game, obviously. Um, eight times Ivy League champs in 12 years. And you just don't do that because you got to go through your conference tournament pretty much to get into the NCAAs. And for them to win the conference tournament eight times out of 12, you have to have a high energy, high competitiveness, because you go through the whole season and it doesn't mean anything if you don't win the tournament. So that shows me a lot about her. And when um, I got to interview her, I, I did kind of like a, with Carolina Fever, 90 feet with Courtney Banghart. And it was right after they lost to Duke. We had another game against Duke coming up in a few weeks. And I think it was the day after we lost to them. And we weren't going to say anything to her. We didn't want to get her upset. We didn't know, like, what she was like or anything. But she was so excited. Keep in mind, the day after lost to Duke, so excited to meet us, talk to us a little bit, um, get to know us, like, very positive. And then she also was throwing in there outside the interview that, like, don't worry, we're going to get Duke when they come back here. I'm, like, she was livid. She was so upset that they lost. But you didn't see it because she had such a positive attitude. So, when I saw that, I was like, all right, she's the right person leading us. And she's been killing it with recruiting. And yeah. you know that takes a lot. She's been absolutely killing it with recruiting. But back to I didn't know – like, I knew she was a baller. I didn't know she was that level of a baller. So, you know, as a player, she's obviously crazy competitive. And then, Will, we've both been to plenty of girls' basketball games, and she can uh, she can get a little fiery out there. I mean, she's, she's into the – game stomping her feet you know yelling not you know encouragement and whatever you got to do to win um so she is definitely a great pick for most competitive highest energy i feel like i i hardly ever see her sitting down yeah she's always standing up i mean that says a lot when when um you don't even have to along with what she's saying and everything but her body language shows that she's into it yep moving on to three though uh and number three is the most fun to imitate so I think many people could go different ways with this, but I might've went the obvious answer uh, with Mac Brown. Who, who doesn't love to imitate Mac Brown? This man ha- is soft-spoken, but when he speaks, you listen. And I mean, I just think this guy is, I don't know, just the aura of Mac Brown is amazing. Everybody wants to be Mac Brown. Everybody wants to act like Mac Brown. Everybody wants to have the, I don't know. I, I can't even find a word for what he is. 
to the Carolina program. And even before, I mean, the man was uh, great on set at ESPN. Just everything he carries is uh, is why he's the most fun to imitate. In my opinion, he, there's got to be players out there, even Dre Bly, coaches out there making fun of how Matt Brown speaks. He's got that Southern accent, and uh, that's why I chose him as the most fun to imitate. Matt, similar to the players, I'm kind of, I'm sure they are, afraid to imitate Matt Brown. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't want him to find out or anything. I don't want to break his heart to know that people are, like, potentially making fun of him at all. Um, he's a cherished figure. So I almost feel like I can't imitate Matt Brown, even though we do still with yeah. the dance moves and, and whatnot and uh, his press conferences. He's great. But yeah, they're definitely with, doing it behind his back if they're doing oh, it. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm going to stay within the locker room, and I'm going to go with Coach Cross. Mm. Day one, Matt Brown is introducing his staff. Basically, should have put the Avengers um, theme music to the backdrop of this with each guy that he was introducing to the team and how decorated and special they were going to be with for the program. But he introduces Coach Cross. Keep in mind, I had no idea who Coach Cross was. No one did. And – all the coaches had been, you know, pretty tame so far, just being nice with the players. And he starts saying he's a D-line coach. He starts saying we're going to get this work. And then he starts going into the aisle of the players and starts screaming and getting a beat going with saying, let's get this work. Let's get this work. And then the players are starting to clap, like get into it. And then he, um, I think it's Michael Carter that was on the aisle that stands up and, you know, sizes up Coach Cross. Of course, Coach Cross has him beat in every size. And they high-five each other, uh, bring each other in, and then they start getting a little motion with each other, kind of bouncing up and down, saying, let's get this work. And then before we knew it, like 30 seconds later, the whole team was standing up saying, let's get this work. Um, and I've done that imitation countless times since then. Oh, I mean, let's get this work is literally, I mean, we say this now. I mean, before I take an exam, I yell, let's get this work. So I think that's a great, great pick. Uh, Coach Cross, he is just a high energy. Um, he could have been either of the last two, honestly. Like, he could have fit into most competitive highest energy also. So Coach Cross is definitely somebody that is the most comedic and just coach to imitate. Yeah, and let's not forget that uh, – First guest on the pod, T.P. Sellers, loves some Coach Cross. Loves Coach Cross. <laughs> loves him. Should have asked he would him for him, his I impression. Think, under all of these. I think, yeah. I think Coach Cross <laughs> would be everything. For sure. All right. So, number four, and I'm, I'm really excited about this one, Will. This is one that I just feel like there's so many coaches that could go under this. This is the best player on the team right now. What coach could join their team and be the best player on their team. I have to go with the one and only Dre Bly. We're talking about a two-time Pro Bowl. We're talking about a Super Bowl champion, an all-pro defensive player in the NFL, and an All-American in college. This guy, and he, and I see him warming up before games in Keenan, and he's up here sizing guys up. He's he's intercepting everything. You think Sam Howe doesn't throw interceptions? Watch Dre Bly pick him off before games. I mean, he's doing it. Okay, so this guy, I be, truly believe he could get on a college football field right now and be the best player on a team. The things that Dre Bly would say to other <laughs> um, teams, players right now, their receivers might get him kicked out of the at the league and we don't want that at all <laughs> but no, no. I think he could I think he could talk to him 
and he's got the skill to back it up. Five eleven, only five eleven, I think. Yeah, and amazing in the NFL, along with college, of course. Yeah, killed it. I got to go a little bit different direction with one that you may not know of, Coleman Scott, UNC wrestling. Oh. So keep in mind that he just coached UNC's Austin O'Connor to our first championship, maybe ever, or at least since like 90, in like the 90s. It was, also, it was like early 90s. Very long time. But I'm saying Coleman Scott is better than our national champion right now. Um, four-time All-American wow. and 2008 NCAA champion at Oklahoma State, bronze medalist at the London Olympics in 2012, Silver at the World Cup in L.A. in 2015. And gold, most recently, at the Pan American Championship in 2016. He's 35 years old, and I think he's absolutely in his prime right now. If you see him, if you see any of the UNC wrestling highlights, um, events, matches, wherever, if you go in person, online, ACC Network, he's in a suit, dressed up very well. He's got some swag, but he looks like he is busting out of this suit. Um, and ready to go out there. I mean, he's walking up and down. Um, he's like a tame Buzz Williams oh, in, wow. in shape. In shape, tame Buzz Williams. But that level of, um, obviously, skill. That's a, you know, I'll be honest with you, Will, you deserve just to win that one right there because for you to pull that one out, this decorated guy that is absolutely obviously a killer athlete. I'm going to give that one to you. I mean, we just, like you said, I mean, he's obviously a great coach. We just won our first national championship since the nineties, but it seems like he's an even better athlete. So that, that was a great one. That was a great one. And he scares me. Next though. Um, this is a fun one too. Coach we would want to play for the most. And this might have been the hardest one because all of these coaches in their own right seem to be great leaders, you know, great people to play for. But I have to give love to someone we haven't yet but totally deserves all of it, Karen Shelton. And, you know, right out the gate, I'll just tell you why I want to play for her. She's a winner. <laughs> I mean, who doesn't want to play for a winner? She has nine national championships. Uh, as the coach for field hockey. Um, but not only that, every time you watch a field hockey game, not only is field hockey a fun sport, the team always seems motivated and to be having a lot of fun. And people, you know, you can – it's fun to win, but also it's important just to have fun playing the sport. And the players always seem like they're having fun. She has a great culture, always has. That's why she's winning so much. And Karen Shelton is who I'd want to play for if I could play for anybody. Great pick. Karen Shelton is wonderful and a winner. You'd have championships, no doubt. And that's her recruiting pitch to everyone. My is a very easy pick. You probably knew that I was going this way, so you didn't want to copy me here, I guess, or anything. But Anson Dorrance, very easy. You've talked about his record. Uh, but beyond that, um, I liked him so much that I joined his marketing team. Uh, I'm on the UNC women's soccer marketing team because they don't get a lot of funding. So it's kind of like students just like helping out for the good of the cause and trying to advance like women's issues. So um, Anson Dorrance is wonderful. Uh, I've seen some of his practices. I've been like on the field besides the assistant coaches during some of them. 
I've had meetings with him before. And like you said, like high energy, highly competitive, has the accolades. What more could you ask for? And it's a great environment when they're playing and whatnot. So that would, and what's more than that, like um, soccer is my favorite sport anyway. So, I mean, it just absolutely makes sense. And he's played soccer before, world traveler, um, like little things even that like he has his team read, do like book reports basically and like read books during their off season and discuss them in groups. So I like that part of it too, that's not all about sports anyway. And he's not always caught up on um, the sports. He's just wanting to like, he's competitive about being your best like self. So I like that a lot too. So, I mean, it was an easy pick for me on this one. Yeah, it definitely helps that. I mean, the best coach makes you better off the field or off the court and dominates on the field or on the court. And, and I think he does that better than anybody. So I think, you know, that's a, two great people, definitely Karen Schell and Nancy Dorch, dominating their sports. Both, both are 40-year decisions, not four years. <laughs> uh, there you go. There you go. Um, number six, uh, this could be a most decorated athlete, coach, or both. Um, mine kind of uh, intersects for both. I'm going Hubert Davis, and he's a new guy, new guy on the block. Even though he's not really new, he's been an assistant for some years. Um, as an assistant, he won a national championship uh, under Roy. But he also, uh, as a player at Carolina, was second team all ACC. Uh, actually got the Coach Warden Wood and Keys to Life Award um, in 08. I guess, for being a leader in college basketball. Um, and then he went to two Final Fours as a coach at Carolina. And right now I'm only talking about Carolina because when we get to the NBA guys, Coach Hubert Davis, uh, he was a great shooter. I'm talking about could be argued top 10 shooter of all time, especially in, term of e in terms of efficiency. He is the all-time leader in three-point percentage, I want to say. And he played – for many, many years, I want to say 12 years in the league, great NBA player, uh, averaged double digits, multiple seasons, and went on to become a great ESPN host. So, I mean, this man does it all, okay? He does it all. Great player, great ESPN analyst. Now he's going to be a great coach, has been a great assistant coach. So that's my most decorated pick. Well, I'm not just talking about greats here i'm talking about goats and we actually have a goat on our unc coaching as one of our unc coaches and you may not believe this but it's actually karen shelton who was the most decorated athlete when they played for me she is to say it easily here she's a three in college three-time honda award winner what is that this is given to the best field hockey player in america Oh, wow. And she was one at three times, 76 to 79. 76 to 79. It's a streak that's never been equaled, actually. Aaron Matson, as of now, only has one of these. No one has ever won three. Um, more than that, so right there tells you enough. And obviously, I don't know about the professional ranks um, at that time anyway, so I don't know what, she, what more she could have gone to. But I'm glad that she became a coach. But um, still, even after she graduated, she played on the U.S. Uh, women's field hockey team, brought them the bronze medal in 19 uh, – well, she played on the team 
1980 Olympics and then got the bronze medal in 84. And it's a great story about how they actually did this. Keep in mind, this is also the best result in field hockey ever, men's or women's, to have the bronze medal. So in the 84 Olympics, we are actually tied after, I guess it was like a pool play or round robin type tournament and maybe like the top two teams of each pool would then play each other for the championship. But then how do you determine like who would play, who would get third place? So what happened was the Netherlands defeated Australia 2-0. So then Australia and the U.S. were tied for third place with identical records, two wins, two losses, one draw, nine goals scored, seven goals conceded, every which way. So what happened was the U.S. players after that match came down from the stands from the bleachers mat and went straight into a penalty shootout against the Australians who just played and we beat them 10 five. Now I can't find the like records about like who took what, but I guarantee you Karen Shelton took one and scored. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> no doubt. Time Honda award winner. We're not playing with anything here. I mean, <laughs> no. no, sir. I thought that was a great story, but that yeah. is a great story. You're coming out with this. Uh, you did your research today, Will. I'm, I'm going to give you absolute credit. I mean, you're dropping stories on stories today. And I did not know she was a three-time Honda Award winner at all. I mean, and we know how great Aaron Matson is. I mean, people were discussing a few weeks ago, is Aaron Matson the greatest UNC athlete of all time? Uh, and Karen Shelton did something that she's only done once. Karen Shelton did it three times. So, yeah, I would say she's decorated. I would say that would, that would be the Yeah, I had no idea either. No one ever talks about Karen Shelton as a field hockey player. No. But, it, I mean, it kind of shows that she's even a better coach uh, than even yeah. player. Yeah. That was a good one. And uh, so our last category is coach on the come up. And we have a lot of these around Chapel Hill uh, recently. And I had to go with the one and only Courtney Bankhart. Because, Will, you mentioned it a little earlier in the show. She has a recruiting class coming in that is going to make Carolina women's basketball um, what they definitely were many, not too many years ago, but many years ago, back on top, top five in the nation. I'm calling it right now. Every year she has gotten better. Uh, She's gotten better recruits. Her first year she dealt with a lot of transfers. There was a lot going on under the program. And she is going to bring the Lady Hills back. We are getting back to what we deserve to see. Listen, we're great. We've been great men's basketball. People forget how good our women's basketball team were under Hatchell. She was bringing them to the tournament definitely every year and to many, many Final Fours. Bankhart's getting us back there. Next year is the start of that. So she's the coach on the come up. I like how you're using my words against me, Matt. <laughs> yeah. I respect that a lot. And she's on the come up too. I mean, the program is definitely going straight to the moon. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, straight to the moon. Mine though is a assistant coach hired within the past about 18 months. Women's soccer, Heather O'Reilly. Oh. Yes, I'm going with the three-time Olympic gold medalist, FIFA World Cup winner, two-time UNC national champion and collegiate player of the year, Heather O'Reilly, with her number retired in the historic UNC women's soccer program. She's back. She's been playing so long, and in her last game, which has actually led up to 2019, 
they won the uh, NWSL championship for the Carolina Courage in Raleigh. And she steps away from that and steps right into helping out with, well, actually, she'd already been helping out with UNC women's soccer some, like being around the team. But after that, she took the assistant coach role and is now with us full time. Um, I think she's she has great potential to take over for Anson one day and still perform at that same level of excellence. I think she's great. She showed it with her collegiate play, professional play, and I think she is um, an absolute competitor. So I, I'm expecting big things from Heather O'Reilly with UNC Women's Soccer in the future. Just imagine getting to learn under Anston. I mean, that itself is like a school of its own. She's getting to learn under the greatest college women's coach of all time. Uh, so that she's already, she has the playing. She knows all about soccer. Obviously she's killing it on the field. I love that. She literally was playing and then literally just said, okay, I'm going to go coach uh, right when I get done. That's an interesting one. Will I, I'm, I look forward to uh, playing these tapes three years from now when she might be the head coach of Carolina women's soccer and seeing how it goes. Exactly. That is uh, all the uh, superlatives were given to the coaches today. I think it was real fun to do. Um, if you have any other superlatives or some you disagree with that we named, um, please let us know. We uh, we might uh, roast you on the next show, but you know that's all. That's an all fun. Uh, so yeah, well, I I really enjoyed doing that. Yeah, this is a great time. I love doing it too. Um, excited to see who the listeners think won this one. Um, and then, of course, who we left out. I'm sure there's always people that we left out. And we, we mentioned a couple here and there that we knew we were going to get some slack for. But, I mean, we have so many great coaches. Um, I mean, you can't go wrong with any of your picks. Speaking of great coaches, though, uh, there, was some, there was some news today. And we know how this felt being Carolina fans. But Coach K – announced he will be retiring at the end of this season. Now, I'm not saying Coach K wants a farewell tour, but Coach K wants a farewell tour, and that's fine. You know, he's obviously wanting that. And he, and you know what? Coach K deserves a farewell tour. Roy deserved one too, but Roy doesn't like a bunch of attention, so he decided to do it in the offseason. Two different personalities. What was your first thoughts when you saw that K was retiring? Um. I thought that it, the timing was pretty accurate. Um, I think we kind of expected Kay to retire in the next maybe three years. We didn't know exactly when, but I guess that after Roy retiring, I think that that really played a factor into this decision once he saw that, hey, like Roy just left out of nowhere. Like, why can't I just do that too? Um, I think that played a role and like how at peace Roy is now with retirement and coach K has already done everything that he needs to with Duke with basketball, even that only the, the only reason holding him like to the team now is just for like his level of excitement and want to. And I don't know if I'd have that level of excitement if I'm that old too. Um, and, you know, I've been hearing all about these health concerns for years. So I hope he has time now to have those addressed <laughs> I'm yeah. sure I can fully support having that looked at now. Like, yeah. 
Um, well, now we don't have to. Yeah. Uh, now we don't have to roast the man. You know what I mean? Now he can just go off into the sunshine and just have his peaceful retirement. And you know, I don't feel bad about putting him up as one of the greatest coaches of all time. But while he's on that court, I'm not sitting here saying it. I'm not going to sit here and say it. <laughs> yeah, <it's, laughs> exactly. No one um, wanted to talk about Zion when he was at Duke. We were talking about how much we hated him, and then as soon as he went pro, we're like, yeah, like he is. You know, above that. It's not bad. Yeah. (laughs) I thought it was interesting. Um, It does give Duke time to find whoever they feel like would be the perfect fit. Um, Something that Carolina really didn't have the, uh, you know, I guess we had had time, but, you know, it was kind of like, okay, now we need to get a coach. Now it's offseason. Now we need to recruit. Duke has, you know, a year, which we found the right guy. It's going to be interesting. You know, right out the gate, they said John Shire, who's expected to take over. I don't think I'm buying that. Well, Matt, check your phone. Check okay. your phone. 11 minutes ago, during the pod, this is so recent, I got a Bleacher Report that's titled, John Shire will be Duke head coach. Blue Devils assistant has been approved to succeed Coach K oh. as Duke head coach by stadium. I don't believe oh, it either. Wow. I still don't believe this is going to happen because I'm terrified they're going to have Brad Stevens or someone that actually is a – um, certified head coach take over. Um, but how Duke w- would it be that they bring in on a assistant coach um, to take over and following well, UNC now? I will say the reason they – I know why they did it. Um, he could – he probably – he might end up becoming the next head coach. The reason they did that is because you won't be able to recruit for the next year if recruits know don't know who the next coach is. So that makes sense. You want to go ahead and recruit. He's just um, young, inexperienced, kind of like – I mean, Hubert was inexperienced too. He's in the family, though. But I still think, you know, this is Duke's first hire. Duke's been had case – Duke basketball before K wasn't anything. Now we got to see if Duke can last after that, that first retirement uh, of the guy that made Duke basketball what it is. And it's going to be a very interesting time. Carolina has done this. We had to do it after uh, – I mean, Carolina was great in the 50s, and then we hired Dean Smith. After that Dean Smith hire, it got a little scary. We hired Guthridge. He did okay. And then you get Roy, which is lucky. Duke's in a rare after Dean Smith era, how we were back then. So it'll be interesting to see how they handle this. I got scared with Brad Stevens moving out of that head coaching position at Celtics today, going to head of basketball ops. I get scared with that uh, because if that doesn't go well over the next year, I don't even want to think about it, but um, we'll see what Duke does. But, you know, it brings drama, and uh, Cade's last game at Cameron Indoor will be against Carolina this year, so it's going to be fun. Yeah, it's going to be absolutely insane. Um, I mean, I'm probably not going to be able to watch ESPN for the next, I don't know, 10 months because it's going to be – I can imagine what it's like right now with everyone just all over Coach K. So I'm going to try and stay away from that as much as I can, but I'm, um, I'm going to have to put up with it. That's going to be my big thing now. Um, I wonder, though, we might have to do a little special about this. You know, like in the pros, you know, like when a player is doing their farewell tour, especially in the MLBs, the different teams will give like a, like a little souvenir, like prize to that player when they're retiring. Um, I'd love to see what UNC – would theoretically give Coach K when he comes to Chapel Hill one more time. 
Uh, maybe I'm a pair of Jordans. A I'm saying a video. That's as far as we're going. That's as far as we need to go if we do anything. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe we should just play basketball. How about that? <laughs> I, just I, talk I, good about I, it. I better not see a video. <laughs> I don't know, man. I'm telling you, I, I can see a video. Unless, unless it was like um, like Roy Williams speaking, I think that'd yeah. be pretty tasteful. But Yeah, that, that would be Carolina basketball, right? That's how we handle ourselves a little bit. I, I could see that. Um, my question is, is he doing the last dance, man? Is he bringing the cameras into the locker room? Or, I mean, let's go ahead and do this thing up. You know what I mean? Let's see Let's see all of it. But, uh, I don't know. I, I don't think they have Michael Jordan walking through that door anytime soon. <laughs> I just want to know who uh, – wonder if he'll answer questions on Zion's house now. I know that's a low blow, but, I mean, I just want to know. I just want to know. <laughs> we, want, but, uh, we want the unreleased stuff to start coming out. Exactly. Let's, let's, let's get some leaks out of the program and the brotherhood. Um, but yeah, no, I'd love to see what this last year is going to be like. I'm sure it's going to be very stressful on the players to try and yeah. um, deliver something. That's a, Yeah, that's a lot to handle, especially he has such a young team. Um, here's the thing you got to battle with. It isn't the old college basketball. Half of those young kids are going to care less that it's his farewell tour, and the other half are going to have high expectations. So um, just to finish out for him because they like him so much. So that's just the truth of college basketball today. So it will be interesting. If this was 05, those early 2000s college basketball, those guys would play their heart out for his last year. I don't doubt it. Same thing for Roy, um, but it's just a different time. So, yeah, that, that is going to be extra pressure, though. I'm sure that some of the Duke parents are upset that Coach K is still in the um, spotlight from their players, from their yeah. sons a little bit now. They're like, man, why can't we talk about, like, my five-star recruit now, now we got to talk about Coach K all year. I'm sure they're a little hurt. Yeah, because those questions are going to be, after every game, are going to be about his career. I mean, you just know it's coming, especially at the end of the year. All right, you know what we had to finish on, Will? Go fund me, sports. Um, I'll let you take it from the start, and then, you know, I'll add on. Oh, yeah. So, first of all, kind of like what I said earlier with lacrosse, we went out in the final four. Both teams, I mean, just brutal that we we can't bring it home on some of these, especially the dream team, Matt. We lost to Boston College by a goal, even though we were down by like four to five the whole first half, going into the second half, mostly too. Um, yeah, we beat Boston College 21 to nine in the regular season. And then normal conditions, it wasn't anything crazy. We go out there and we lose to Boston College. So it, proves to me that it wasn't that Boston College was better than us, but it was just simply part of the thing about having the team ready to play. And I hate to say it, but who would have thought that the Final Four would be the letdown game looking ahead to the championship? And it definitely was. So, um, I mean, definitely a good lesson for the the whole team, like even us to learn also that even when you're that talented, you still have to play the game. Uh, And same thing with men's lacrosse. They played a tight game too. And lost narrowly, but um, I mean they they've really played well the whole game. Had to come up from behind a little bit too, but they played really well. Um, and then also with women's tennis, we did bring home a championship though. Doubles tennis brought it home. Our top player played with another seeded player on UNC and got it done over the weekend. And what's that? I was just gonna say. Uh, I just want to hit on the. I thought men's lacrosse kind of lived up their expectations, really, uh, you know, 
got to where we expected, maybe even a little bit further, because they struggled midseason. I mean, we talked about it a little bit, um, lost a few games. Women's lacrosse was a, as you said, a big letdown. That can't be the game that you are not all in. Um, you know, I don't know what happened. I mean, we don't know what happens behind closed doors. Like you said, it's a learning moment, but it's it'll be interesting to see how many of those girls are how many of them get to return? Like, I don't know if the COVID, what the COVID rules still are or what, but um, there will be great next year again. So the opportunity will be there. But we'll, I'm glad I couldn't bet on lacrosse because I would have put all my money on that team to win it all. So uh, <laughs> that, that, was a, that really sucked. But tennis bringing it home was great. And, uh, you know, we keep racking up these championships. We're disappointed, but we keep racking them up either way. Yeah. I might have to fly out to Vegas to place a futures bet on our team next year, though. I will say I'm yeah. sure we'll oh, come yeah, back with revenge because now we got because now we got the we lost last year um, focusing on it now. So I don't know if we're being stopped yeah. next year. It might be the dream team. Dream team <laughs> um, but you yeah, know, I mean, we were down like four or five goals like the whole first half going into the second half, and then just like that, we pulled it back and it was like a one goal game. So we yeah. definitely had the ability, but it's just one of those things where. I don't know why. And we saw it in some of our games this year. We beat, like, Notre Dame by a goal, and then in the ACC tournament, we beat them by, like, 15. Um, Like, very weird about how that works. So I'm I'm just kind of surprised that we weren't locked in at that level of the tournament. And, um, yeah, men's lacrosse, too, we did lose to Virginia in that one, which, as you remember, we hadn't lost to Virginia – or we hadn't beat Virginia at Virginia in years. Yeah. We're talking, and we were able to do it this year. Um, and then they beat us um, in Chapel Hill, I believe. And then we lost to them here, and then they ended up winning the whole thing. So, I mean, it's, it's Virginia's, and they won the, the year before, too. So they're back-to-back champions now. So they were really the team to beat. Um, and we were right there head-to-head, and Duke didn't win. We knew Duke was the top seed also coming into this. So it's nice to see that they didn't get it. But one thing where Duke did get, though, they won, I believe it's their, maybe their first ever ACC men's ba- baseball championship. And they, who beat, they beat They beat the Wolfies, the Wolfpack. Oh, I don't even know who that is. I haven't seen that. I don't um, even know who that is. I was hoping that just like last year, they would release a statement that said, um, we regret to inform you, but we're canceling the ACC tournament. I was waiting on it. We didn't get it. So someone had to win, and it was an absolute dud of a match, 1-0 to Duke. I mean, come on. Um, yeah, so I guess if you had to pick which team you want to win, I got to go with Duke just because of the stat here, Matt. You ready for, are you all ready for this? If you're a Carolina fan, if you're on social media, you've probably heard it. But listen, NC State has not won a conference championship in baseball basketball or football since 1992 which is the only I want to say this I will correct me if I'm wrong I'm pretty sure that's the only power five team that has not won a conference championship for that long during that period yeah you said that was since you said since 1992 yes yeah well every power five team has won one in one of those three and for basketball it's men's basketball since yeah. um, as recently as 2000. So yeah. at least in that time period, everyone's won one. And State hasn't done that. And then you add on a few more, a lot more years, actually. Yeah. Almost a decade. So it's like I have a buddy that's uh, 
was a big time state fan, but you know, it's hard being a big time state fan anymore. I mean, it just wears on you. Okay. It's like, it's almost like drinking. If you got a drinking problem at this point, he, um, he texts me and goes, is this really not going to happen? I mean, are they really not going to win this one? Because they were ranked state has a good baseball team pretty consistently. Duke never has a great baseball team really. And he texts me and I checked the score and they lost and all I sent back was ha ha, <laughs> because all I can do, I don't even want to, I, I mean, I can't even celebrate too much anymore. It's just, you know, I would be absolutely shocked if they won at this point. Um, them even being upset, I was like, I expect it. I expect it. <laughs> yeah, it's tough because they don't have the GoFundMe sports success. And then they don't have the mainstream sports success either. So, what I mean, women's basketball did win the conference championship. So, that was the thing that they point out like this past season. But uh, I think Matt Brown has football a lot down for a good bit. We had a brand new coach coming in for baseball now. So you probably thought, oh, good opportunity. And and no. And there's plenty of good ACC baseball teams. So this is a really good chance for them to win it this year. So I saw a state fan tweeted today, actually. Uh, they said state fans looking at Keats after seeing Roy and Kay retire, saying they won't keep to retire. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, they continue. I mean, they just gave Dorian an extension, Dorian an extension in football. He should not have gotten that extension. I'm fine with it as a Carolina fan. Uh, Keats hasn't really done too much. I still think Keats could be okay, um, but really isn't doing much. So I don't know where the hope comes from. I mean, baseball is really the last hope. Yeah, we're going to have to stop talking about this before I have to put in NC State on a timestamp for this because I don't want to do that. I do have one more thing. I'm gonna, I feel like with the Dorian extension, I feel like someone had gotten like a fake account on Twitter, like a burner or whatever, and you know, like the fake Woes accounts with like the fake checkmark um, emoji. I feel like someone would have done that, UNC fan, of course, and tweeted an NC State extends Dorian. Uh, I mean, like, it's like, come on, really? Uh, I see 76ers fans poke it fun with the Celtics. They're like, yeah, I heard Brad Stevens is getting fired. Um, and then it actually like, kind of happens. It so, actually happens. There's that. So I love it. Um, yeah, we can't talk about them anymore. I'm not even saying their name anymore. But it's, it's, it has been a great week to be a Carolina fan. And baseball um, is in the tournament. Finished Friday. on Beat State. B State uh, in the ACC tournament, even though it didn't, it didn't mean too much, but it meant it got us into the tournament. It helped get us into the tournament. And we play Friday, you said, right? Yeah, Friday against UCLA in the Lubbock um, Regional. All right, so that'll be interesting to watch. I actually watch, like, I don't watch too much regular season college baseball, but when, when it gets to the World Series and things like that, I enjoy watching it. So it'll be fun. All right. You got anything that's else? Got for for, that's got it for me. Um, unless right. you do, um, nope. it's been a great week. We're really planning on having a guest next week. Um, and, and we have plenty more guests to bring on for the rest of the summer series. Uh, we, we're just having a little bit of fun with these drafts and stuff so far. It's been really fun this week and I look forward to the next one. It's a great day to be a Tar Heel.